0: seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride illegal trails. trip.
1: And it's getting away from the cops, the cars, the concrete.
0: The is a Chinese town
1: here. He snowboarders together on a run. You're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis, and they just think they can overcome the world. The more you're around, the more you're going to find out. i like to think that death is out of the question. Their life starts at 40 miles an hour. So.
0: You ride the chair for
1: two or three weekends and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God,
0: you know. Welcome to Mind the Track with Pow Bot, and Trail Whisperer. Ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords, and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today's July 5th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 14. And by the way, thanks for listening. Help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and review, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Got feedback or a core lord we should chat with? Drop us a line at mindthetrackpodcast at gmail.com, at mindthetrack on Instagram, or go to our website at mindthetrack.com. And thanks for the feedback you, our valued listeners, are providing. It's been giving us some great ideas for new episodes and interesting core lords to interview, so keep it coming. Today we're back in Studio TW here in Verdi on the Truckee River, where it is finally hot and summery, like it's supposed to be this time of year. And like always, beside me here in Studio TW is the Professor of POW, Pow pow. Director of the Powder Intelligence Agency in the United Shredders of Snow shedding his winter skin and morphing into the illustrious Lombat. What up, Lombat? What up, Kurt? The director of the again. Dirt Intelligence yes, Agency. That's right. Good to see you, man. Good to see you too. Yeah, we're back here. It's a nice day in Verde. It's a little bit, a little bit warm, but man, it's been nice in the river. Went for a swim in the river yesterday for the cool. first time in a while and. It feels like summer finally.
2: It's yeah. We had the summer episode, and then boom, it was summer.
0: Yeah. How about that?
2: The the, the summer bomb went off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, you know, this episode number fourteen is going to be an episode near and dear to my heart. Um, It is an episode that we are devoting to the granddaddy of all mountain bike events, the Downeyville Classic which is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. It's its silver. It's silver anniversary. Is that what that is? I think so. Silver. Okay. Not gold. What's down, gold?
2: D- d- I think 50.
0: Oh, is that Okay. All right. But
2: Shit. yeah, Donnyville Classic, which was originally the Coyote.
0: Coyote Classic. Coyote Classic. Yeah. We'll get into that. Okay. In a minute here, we're going to introduce our guest. I'm super excited to I'm introduce our guest. am for this one guest. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Core Lord Extraordinaire, that is for
2: sure. Yeah, when when we talked about doing the Downeyville episode, we, we had sort of bounced around the idea of having someone on that can really sort of encompass and, and be the voice of Downeyville, and and we had a couple of ideas, but who we landed was, was was far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I was
0: just like, well, I mean, all the we could interview a bunch of people, or we could just interview the guy that started the whole thing. Yeah, let's just and go get there. straight to the source and get all the stories right. Yeah. Um, so that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd like to bring
2: that one up and that, you know, a good portion of the show is talking to people who we call as core Lords. They're the chargers. They're the, they're the people that are really the voice of the sports that we love to do, which are boarding and skiing and mountain biking and gravel riding and everything. And I think that there's a, a good perspective that we can get from pro athletes, but I think there's also way more, uh, to be learned and, and sort of taken from the people who are the core Lords. Because they're, they're the ones that just have something else in this conversation that can add to what we're doing here on this show. Yeah. So I think that, that our guest encompasses that and is, is, is that person. Absolutely. Do you, do you agree with me there?
0: I agree with you hundred yeah, percent. Cool. So without further yeah, ado. Who do you,
2: who do we have, Kurt?
0: <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> Big reveal. Um, Greg Williams, AKA Willie. 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 That is his nickname to all the people who know and love him. He is a, uh, he is a dear friend of mine and uh, is the executive director of the Sierra Buttes Trail Stewardship, uh, the organization that I'm officially now working for and is also the founder of the Downeyville Classic and what was originally the Coyote Classic. Um, Greg's been you know in, involved in so many different aspects of recreation and um, trails and events. And just really like dreaming big and doing things in a different way. Um, he would call it surviving, but I think it, it's a combination of mm-hmm. surviving and, and being, you know, creative and, and thinking of unique ways to uh, to do awesome things that people love and be um, together in the woods, having a good time. Cool. And so without further ado, I want to welcome Greg to the show. Welcome Lily, to the show. Welcome, man. Thanks, fellas. How are you?
1: I'm, I'm great. I'm getting ready for... <laughs> busy week yeah you've got a big week lined up yeah i mean every week seems busy but (laughs) this one's like especially just special i think you know and i am a professional athlete crud oh that's right
2: that is true what's what what's that mean
0: okay crud so we're okay we're diving right into it this is great greg why don't you explain to us what crud is
1: yeah crud is a game um that was brought to us um from from some folks uh and We started playing in the shop at Downeyville. You need a pool table. You need two balls. You need some beers and really good friends. And you basically keep keep the balls moving. Um, It's a great like name game to learn people's names, and it's hard to explain. Okay, you got to be there. The world championships happen in Downeyville during the Downeyville Classic. Cool. Have you been practicing by the way? Yeah. (laughs) Have you? I haven't been. When you're a pro like me, you don't need to practice.
0: <laughs> it just comes naturally, by the way. I yeah, it's been a little while since I played. So crud is a game that um, I, I guess. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like a group of friends brought back from Canada, the Canadian Royal Air Force plays it.
1: Yeah, Toe Cliff Todd and Sergeant Dan. Yeah. brought it to Downeyville.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's leave it to awesome the
1: Canadians. Game. They're so fun to hang with.
0: It's it's the ultimate like social game so like if you want a game that you, where you have a bunch of people and you don't know their name you learn everyone's name really quickly in this game because it's kind of like a round robin everybody has a turn and their name is on a board and you you take a turn and it's like greg said you have to keep these two balls moving at all times and you know you're in a line so you not you need to know who's in front of you and who's behind you in order to know where you go in the line and if you miss it if you miss your turn you're out you get a strike you get three strikes and you're out you're out But anyway, we have these like the most epic crud games happen during the classic because everybody's in town. Right. And it's it's just some of the best (laughs) trash talking. It's good times. We've had some legends play. We've had Steve Pete play. We've had Greg Minar play like just like Rat Boy, like all these like legends of mountain biking have played crud. It's kind of like an indoctrination into
1: Downeyville. It's fun when it's the only thing you could really do better than them, too. Right. Get them out. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, we're super excited to have you here, Greg, talk about the Classic. Um, It's coming up here the weekend after this weekend. So July, what is the 14th to the 16th? 14th and 15th, 16th. Yep. So that's coming up here in a couple days. Um, And when is registration closed, by the way?
1: Uh, I think it closes in the next couple of days. We, there's only maybe 15 spots left. Cool. Like the XC sold out super fast. And then we added a bunch of spots for all mountain. We, um, basically got the road closures increased through the County. Yeah. I think advantage of bringing it back after four years, you ask for what you want. Yeah. And then kind of a new guard at the County. Um, they really want this event back. And so we're like, Hey, we want to close the road for another couple hours. And then also some of the locals that were pretty curmudgeonous at the time, like we outlasted them. They're gone. It's a really? lot, of, lot of new <laughs> people in town. They didn't last COVID. Well, <laughs> just, I don't know what took them. Yeah. Honoriness. They yeah. needed to go. Yeah. So the town's excited to have this back. It yeah. sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, I was there and the last couple of days, it just felt really good. People are pumped. The business is really excited to have it back. There's a lot of people up there right now, like pre-riding, trying to get ready. Mm -hmm. So the economic impact is really, that's why we started doing this event back in the 90s. To bring some spotlight
2: onto Downeyville and get some people and and activity happening there. Yeah,
1: it was, you know, in the early 90s, it was still a mining town and a a timber town, working families, and they started to leave because the industries were gone and so we had this idea, you know, to basically do a bike race and, and we did it.
2: And was the original race the uh, and up and down, or was it just a the downhill?
1: The, it was the, it was the cross country. It was the cross. country Yeah. Course. Always okay. starting in Sierra city, which mm-hmm. kind of made it special and also logistically challenging, you know, yeah. but it was just kind of like, this is the ultimate ride that you could do in Downeyville is yeah. to, is to climb the face of the buttes like this. Yeah. To celebrate the mountain.
2: Yeah. And I can so see that.
1: that, that hill climb has been, you know, that's the trail of tears. It separates the men from the boys for sure. And every race should start with a climb like that. I mean, that's one thing we learned. We have another event lost and found and it's a gravel race and we tried different courses and, and realized, like you really want to just let people sort themselves out mm-hmm. for a long ways at the start of any race. Yeah. Yeah, it it's there's a lot of truth in that, you
2: know, it's like with a with this. I'm a big fan of the World Surf League and, and they've been floundering around with what they've been doing lately because they have not been putting the boys and girls in waves of consequence and people aren't interested in it. But if you put people in a in a consequential situation, which is which is Downeyville, like people, it means something, right. and I think that's why this race holds so much clout and it is so well respected. Is that it's it, it's not that's not an easy course and it's not an easy down. It's not an easy up or down.
1: Yeah, it's real. And for the people that are serious, like there's so much stress, like on that start line, like you could like sizzle a hot dog off that start People line. People are the energy. each other out. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're so worried about when they come over the top, like how far back, where am I at? Like, yeah. even if you're in the lead though, too, you're like, how, you know, I just have to go. And then you just hope you have luck to get to the bottom without a flat or a mechanical yeah, or a get point. off, you know, it's the mountain just sorts you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To me, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate mountain bike event because it's a true test of a mountain bike rider because you have to have the fitness to get up that climb you have to have the skill to get down that mountain and you also have to have a little bit of luck you know there's always luck involved like there there's are some r- racers over the years like Carl Decker who's like you know and, and Kelly Emmett who like had that thing down to a science you know where they they knew exactly every single rock on the mountain and they were you know they, did, they didn't make mistakes or they didn't get flats because they knew how to not flat but it's very rare That you find someone who can just like put it all together, consistently put it together. I mean, Carl won it five times in a row. Um, Did Kelly win it five times in a row?
1: I think maybe if she didn't, yeah, maybe there's a year in between. But yeah, and both of them, like, I mean, they were fit and great riders, but they also obsessed over their equipment, right? Yeah, like the tires, you know, especially the tires. But you gotta, you gotta get it right. Yeah. you're racing both days on the same bike, and it's getting weighed in, and you're not swapping parts.
2: Right. That's funny you mentioned that. I, I popped into Paco's this morning and talked to Harrison. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I forget his last name, but he's an up-and-coming uh, rider in truck. He's a young, young lad. And he was saying, I asked him if he was racing, and he said he was. And I told him that I just had ridden the course with you. Uh-huh. And he started picking my brain about conditions. Yeah. And after I told him a few things, he, he, he said he was re- reconsidering his tire choice. <laughs> yeah with i told him how wet it was
0: yeah wet and then you know the other thing too is um gold valley rim which is a trail now that's a newer trail uh, for people who haven't been to downyville in a while like it was i think it opened in 2017 2016 somewhere in there and um it was the old pct alignment um but there's a new three miles of trail from deer lake like you know above deer lake all the way down to connecting to baby heads and that section of trail it's primarily all downhill it's nasty it's like technical and choppy rock sharp rock like really it beats you up and i mean it's you can flow it if you know it but it i mean for a lot of people it's it's like in some ways i feel like the xc course is as or more technical than the dh course because it wears you down more because it's longer and there's some really technical sections so for people who haven't done the classic in a while, um, yeah, who may, who haven't maybe raced Gold Valley Rim, it's gonna be an additional challenge because when you pre you know, traditionally when you would get to Pack or Saddle, you'd get on sunrise and start descending and you get a break. And then you've got some climbing you gotta do on the ninety-three road before you get to baby heads. But now you, when you get to Packer Saddle, you keep climbing. There's another two miles of climbing at least before you actually get to the descent. So it's, um, it's an adjustment that, you know, I think is going to be interesting to see because we, I think the race in 2018 and 19 did Gold Valley Rim, but those, those are the only two years. And then there was a hiatus, right? So it's going to refresh people's memories, but yeah. And then like with, you know, you know, maybe we should dive into the the pre ride that we yeah, did. Yeah, we just we just did it. We just rode it last week. Um Tom and I parked in Sierra City and rode the XC from the bottom um all the way back to Downeyville and you know, there was a considerable amount of snow up there, um, but uh it's melted a lot. Like I've been getting reports from a number of people. Greg, well you were just out there today, right? Yeah, I was so how's there, it looking?
1: I was out there the last two days and a lot melted just between the two days yeah and I was able to get well, I was on a Husky 501 I was on a mountain bike oh my gosh um, going over the drifts so yesterday I'm um, going from Sierra City to the north I got hung up and turned around and then today I went up the 93 Road and then did Gola Valley Rim like from the north to the south yeah and was able to to get through because the drifts were going downhill mm-hmm. a little easier right um, but a considerable amount had, had melted, and you're, we're going with it. Yeah, I yeah. think it'll be good to go by the race then.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody who I've pulled, they're like, snow, let's send it through the snow. Let's do it. That's you easy
1: know. to say when, when you know, you're like, let's do this. You're sitting <laughs> here in Verdite. <laughs> you're right? participating. Yes. But if it's like, I mean, that was what I wanted to see today, was like, right. yeah, there's snow, but is it like for a mile and a half? Right. Or is it like... 100 yards or right you know what i saw today was
0: patches, it, it might, it patches and patches, it might all yeah. be
1: gone by by next week yeah but um i wasn't going to send people through like if it was a mile no way if it was three quarters of a mile, i, I probably would have just second guessed it a little bit yeah but um, i felt super confident mm-hmm. and i kind of want some drifts you know i want Me people too. to i think to just good. acknowledge like yeah. hey this was a really big snow year and we needed it and you're gonna like go through some snow
0: I think, I think it's cool because I mean, you know, that's kind of what um, you, when, when the return of the lost and found gravel grinder event, you know, after the wake of the Dixie fire, I remember you saying like, no, this is going to be important because people are going to see the landscape and like what's happening out there, you know, after the fire, like seeing what a burn zone looks like. Right. And then like this year, seeing what a huge winter in the Sierra Nevada looks like, like that's part of. The event is, yeah. like, putting people into that environment and letting them firsthand experience, like, what's happening on the land, you know? Yeah,
1: it's an adventure, but it's, like, an education piece. Yeah, it's you awesome. Know? And, I mean, one thing, because I haven't, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in Downeyville the last four years, honestly, like, been up you know, up north, and there's a lot of trees dying because of the drought. Oh, God, you know? like yeah. It used to just be solid green and now you know there's like a lot of just dying trees in there it's you know it's like a
2: there's some beetle
0: kill.
1: it's like a 10 percent mix from drought and from beetle
0: like root rot yeah
1: yeah red furs so and and a lot of white furs too that kind of just like need to go but you know you just start to see like the effects of drought and then mm-hmm. to have like a really big snow year like this year and to celebrate like the water i think is super important for people
2: yeah i agree and I will say this, the other effect of this winter that people should prepare themselves for on that course is there's a, still a ton of debris. Yes. After after you jump on Gold Valley Rim, sort yep. of down, and Baby Heads actually rode really good, I Baby thought. Heads was great. And then there still was a little bit of debris on, Poly Creek rode great, but there was some debris. Like there's, yep. you threw a stick up in my face, like a yeah. big one like huge stick just came flying up from your rear tire. So you know, there's was
1: supposed to be so close. Yeah. Good <laughs> god. I, I, I was trying to get around him now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's there's debris. Yeah. We for had sure. um, I mean that was part of today. I was just taking pictures and condition reports for Henry who's um, Henry O'Donnell's our trail crew boss, mm-hmm. grew up in Downeyville. Won the won the, he won the race. when he was just a kid when I mean, he was 14 14 15 won the downhill. Um, He's our trail boss. He's he's a bad, bad, badass trail builder. Best in the world, I would say. He's probably built more single track than any American in his day and age. Um, So, yeah, I was just sending him some reports today. And um, the debris that's on uh, Gold Valley Rim, like the loose sticks, the Mm -hmm. loose rocks, trail crews headed out there tomorrow. Um, Today we had the Forest Service uh, trail crew led by Paul Hart who's uh, the recreation manager for Tahoe National Forest, Uber River Ranger District. He took his crew out to Sunrise, and they cut through uh, a couple drifts there. So we're going live with full full sand on the downhill. Full hill. sand on Sunrise into Yeah, and Gold Valley Rim. So traditional courses, we're not altering them. Right. That's awesome. It's... God
2: bless America! Yeah. And gentlemen!
0: <laughs> start <laughs> you-
2: <laughs> it's race day coming up yeah um, so, Kurt you've done the race how many times oh yeah. you do the race
0: I've, I don't know I, I've lost count but um, I haven't done it in a minute though it's uh, I think the last year I did it was maybe 2017 2016 okay um, I did it for a lot of years and I actually did it on a single speed for a lot of years which is extra punishment on that climb that climb is hard enough on a geared bike but on a single speed it takes on a whole new uh reality of
1: pain and suffering you know your I, your pain cave gets a little bit bigger <laughs> yeah yeah you got to
0: decorate it more you know you gotta yeah. have
1: some some issues to work through to be doing that uh, with a single speed yeah you I, work through those now so i i yeah i have he's not as angry anymore out. look no, at him angry. he's a much better person now
0: i yeah i think i've sorted out i mean well we've I, you did the same thing you rode single speed in evil. i did yeah <laughs> I was
1: living in Downeyville, yeah. riding only a single speed, right. oh God. punishing myself oh my every God. day. I was like, I am a bad boy. <laughs> Today, I will ride up their divide without stopping. And I would make it. And then my niece said, hey, it's time for some gears. <laughs> and some squash. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, that was, I mean, that was That was like Santa Cruz was just starting to like get their full suspension bikes out. And so... Didn't really have a, a full suspension for a while when I was riding. Yeah, so in how, how
2: long did you live in Downeyville before even? Uh, I lived bikes in Downeyville for out. I
1: think like five years, Okay. and you know, grew up in Nevada City, and I moved to Downeyville because there was this one curmudgeonous dude, <laughs> really, that would just be like, "You take your money, you just leave town." You couldn't live up here, you know, and so I was like, "I'm moving. I'm going to Downeyville." It didn't make any difference. He was still just an ass. <laughs> so he, so, <laughs> so I, I was
2: going to ask you if there was anybody that helped foster you along in that town, but it was actually the other way around. They were like, screw you, get out of here, and you took it as a challenge.
1: Oh, yeah. I learned that um, when people ask you how you're doing, you say you're just barely getting by. You don't say, like, oh, I'm doing good, because they'll turn on you in a second. Yeah, and it was a rough town you know it was like mountain biking was a new thing and there wasn't they weren't very accepting there was all of a sudden people coming to town running stop signs and you know it was just a new thing mm-hmm. nobody h- likes change no so like i said like i outlasted them <laughs> that's what i would attribute it to being being starting this race when i was you know 22 years old has its advantages now i'm an old man <laughs> <laughs> but I got kids and I got young employees so we'll keep it going for as long as we can this is a 25 I'd like to see this thing do 100
0: How and you always joke um how many years did it take you to get to the 25th anniversary
1: um well 29 I mean if you look at the calendar and yeah. you know running years and but yeah we took 2004 off um had my had my daughter Kenzie and I was just in a bad place you know like with the yeah. with the county and the forest at the time and needed to get my head straight. And I moved from Downeyville, I moved up to Plumas County and started building my house and Mike, well, I got nothing else to do. I might as well start this nonprofit Sierra Beach Stewardship uh, with Mike was living with Mike Ferentino at the time. And he wrote a lot of the words and I built a website and, um, Carl, um, Carl butts who was living in Downeyville helped us file our nonprofit status and you know we took a year off of like we just gave birth to like this most amazing organization
2: you guys are doing amazing things and so that you, you did that after you left downeyville or were you still in downeyville when when sierra buttes trail stewardship started
1: yeah in 2003 after the season i left okay yeah i just kind of had it my uh my neighbor was a county supervisor and had a no bike sign hanging from the front of his door and it was a county paid sign and i just I'd been battling with him and um you know just like meetings for the race and it seemed like every time I turned around he was just it was something else and I just was worn down and you know on top of that like I was driving driving shuttles and mm-hmm. guiding trips. Like I was working seven days a week, like 18 hour days all summer, never had a day off. And I just kinda of broke, you know, yeah. like I needed I needed some space and I needed some I needed to get out of that canyon. That's mm-hmm. brilliant. So I did.
2: So you feel? Do you feel Plumas County's been a little more welcoming to you, and there you're, you're that you you have going up there these days?
1: Um, I mean, it was more welcoming for me mentally. Yeah, because yeah. it was like I was out of the canyon. You I were could, ready for. A I could see for miles. Like it changed my mindset. Yeah. Like when you're in a narrow canyon and you don't see the sun, you get. I feel like you get really narrow-minded. Totally. Yeah, yeah. and you get you know, emotionally you're down. It's like dark. Like I was living on the wrong side of the Canyon. I was living on the dark side. So when I moved to Plinus County, like I was in the sun, nobody knew me. And I just got like a fresh start. Hmm. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, The, the Canyon is definitely a thing, you know, like you have to have an escape hatch. I always say, Yeah, it's like, it's, it's good to get out of the Canyon. I love it in the Canyon, but too much time there can definitely affect your psyche. I think. I'd like to see, you know, big views and, and the sky and, and it, it helps you with your perspective mm-hmm. and sunshine is a good thing.
1: Yeah. Otherwise you start riding single speeds. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I yeah, always but... sort of
2: realized that Downeyville is just this, this place of just super high highs or super low lows for me. And I, I haven't spent a ton of time there, but I've, I've definitely been riding there for 20 years. And it seems like that every adventure I go on, it's it's either an it's epic good or it's epic bad, you know or like someone gets hurt and it's like a six hour out or yeah. someone rips the skin off their thumb and you have to like improvise with an old tire and wrap it up and then limp out or yeah or it's the best run you've ever had yeah and it's a sort it's of it's really it's testing in that way but it's like it it's has a, it has power and it's super raw
0: it's a fickle beast
1: for sure it's yeah. like one thing too, like when you, when you're riding with your buddies and your buddies just got a fanny pack and you're like, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, dude, right. like you yeah. carry a pack, like you have a first aid kit, you have yep. like supplies. Like I don't want to ride with somebody that like I have to take care of necessarily. Like I mm-hmm. will, but if I get hurt, I want them taking care of me too. Right. Yeah. So right. yeah, you, you got, you got a sandwich and a tube, like that's not cutting it. <laughs> like you gotta be ready like for yep. mishaps and like an adventure, like. Yeah. When we were trying to figure out the system like in the early like nineties, it was like two sandwiches, you know, minimum, and a big pack, you know, and tubes and yeah. I just I still have that mentality of just like when I go, yeah, I got a great big pack and it's full of stuff. You might need some of it. Or I yeah. might. Yeah.
0: Swan John does that. Swan John brings all the stuff. She's she's like the the trail fairy, you know, like somebody'll break down or they'll need food or something and she'll have it. Yeah, it just whips it right out. It's awesome. It's always good to ride with someone who has all the gear. But the climb, going back to what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom, you so you've never been on the course on the climb. I before. had never, I never done that. I don't. What's only, your first impression from that from that climb? It's amazing. The
2: it's a it's a beautiful climb. It really, I was, I think I mentioned it to you on 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 the on the climb that day, but it really reminded me of a ride in Santa Barbara County. Yeah. Down in uh uh, uh, it's a, a ride called little pine, which is, uh, uh, just east of Santa Barbara in San Inez. Mm-hmm. but it's a long 4,000 foot road climb that just sort of winds up yeah. to just an amazing downhill. But it just, it gives you these sweeping views yeah. and it's similar. It's a, it's an ass it, it'll, it'll punch you in the, in the crotch for sure. Like that yeah. climb did, but, uh yeah it's just a good good steady climb and i think that there's a couple steeper pitches there isn't much relentless or there's much much relief on it until you get to that to what did you call blue corner or something yeah
0: blue point
2: blue point yeah and then the, you get a little bit of a, a reprieve coming right into that and then it and then it pitches right back up again
0: yeah that's yeah, yeah.
2: a solid it's just a solid 3,000 foot climb
0: yeah break that climb for folks listening who might be doing this event I break that climb into three sections. I mean, when I was riding it on the single speed, I had to break it into three sections because it was too much to digest mentally in one in one gulp. Um, cause it is a big climb. And especially on a single speed, it's like, if you go into the red on that climb, you can't recover. You, you can't, there's no opportunity yeah, to recover cause it's so steep. You literally have to just stop. So what I would do is always the first third is basically from the start line until the, there's a right hand turn climb uh where if you end up going straight you end up at the Colombo mine but if you go right and there's a sign there now thankfully there used to not be a sign but now there's a sign that says Sierra Buttes when I mean, when you with make the, that with the mine the track sticker on it the, yeah we put a <laughs> mine, the track sticker I so said look for the mine the track sticker as you're like you know cry breathing and hyperventilating up the climb um that's the first third right um usually out of the gate people are just going hell bent for leather it's really fast like you have to find a rhythm and not chase the rabbit too hard and then that second third from that right-hand turn it gets really steep and nasty and narrow actually it's like kind of overgrown right now so it almost is like there's only one line through there um and and the second third is from that turn to blue point which is where the aid station is where you're going to see metal Mike who's got his, you know, like sound system blasting the Kill Whitey music and metal and you just get you all fired <laughs> up, you know.
2: I kind of needed some
0: of that that yeah. day. <laughs> it's, it's because insp- you hear it from a ways off. You're like, I'm near something. I hear like, I hear death metal. That's that's a good sign, you know.
1: Very soothing.
0: It's uh, super soothing, which, you know, at that point in the ride, you, you kind of want to hear some death metal. You're just like, ah and, and go like,
1: like that getting to blue point there is like it's a it's a jeep bro, but there's like one line like if you're off that line mm-hmm. like you're 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 hating your life yeah and you're like i have to get back over there
0: there's a the good line and the bad line yeah yeah
1: and and if you're going to pass somebody you got to go to the bad line right. chances are exactly and then just give it yeah and get back to the good line yeah you
0: got to pin it and then get back over and then the third third is the from Blue Point to Packer Saddle, which a lot of people underestimate, and that is where I would always make up ground. I'd i like kind of hold back on the first two thirds, and then after Blue Point is when I just like throw everything into it because people like go too hard too early, and then they get to that third third they they get to Blue Point and thinking oh it must be near the top it's still 900 but feet but there's a lot more climbing still, and um and it gets really steep right after Blue Point yeah. So, and there just, was
2: there was some water in there too in that section. It's really yeah. wet up there. Yeah. Bunch right a bunch you, of creeks. When you when you leave creeks. Blue
1: Point, it gets it gets steep up to where there's a turn, like that will take you to the Sierra Buttes lookout. Yep. Then it flattens off. Yep. And then you're gonna go. There's like big puddles all through there.
0: Yep. Yep. Lots of water from the
1: from drifts, just drifts like melting and. It's wet and muddy. Lots of water. You could in pull there. the old bunny hop and splash
2: your fellow racer to the side of you if you want. That's right. Yeah, totally. I love doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that to do that to you because you were in the front all day. <laughs>
0: well, we were leapfrogging, so we we did bump into a guy on the climb. his Name? I think his name was Matt. He was a single speeder. He had a single. He's from Humboldt. He had a single speed, full suspension bike. Um, so it gave him some props for for holding down the i hope i hope he's okay
2: you, <laughs> we, never, we never saw him yeah. we never saw
0: him again i think he might have gotten lost or he, he needs just, therapy yeah yeah he, yeah he definitely is gonna need therapy after that <laughs> one we saw the trail crew out there josh and, tim, and i call him tiny tim because he's like six four um they were out there cutting brush and cutting logs that was awesome to see the trail crew out there um and then yeah then we just proceeded to uh do some snow hiking, which wasn't too bad actually. I mean, there were some big drifts for sure, but it it's funny. So I was hanging out with Ben and Amy Fish, um, who we're gonna have on the show at some point. They're you know, they ran Tamba for a long time, the Tahoe Area Mountain mm-hmm. Bike Association, and they're longtime stewardship volunteers for like twenty years going back twenty years. And Ben had a picture on his phone from 2011, which was the last time we had a like a winter so big that a cold winter, this a cold big. winter, and, yeah. and and it he he had a picture so you know where the climb on the Sierra Buttes where we crest crested out above Blue Point like where the turn up to the Sierra Buttes is it's in mm-hmm. the trees where it's all muddy and wet July second he has a picture 2011 of his bike in five feet of snow right there no.
1: Wow. Yeah, so, we had to hire a guy with a DA tractor to push that snow. In 2011, okay. we spent 30 grand on snow removal.
0: God, there was a lot more snow that year.
1: Yeah, it came late.
0: It came all in March, right? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. Yeah.
2: February and March. Yeah. Into April.
0: Well, you'll know. Not into, yeah. <laughs> into May. Into May, into May. Oh, it snowed, snowed in May. It seems yeah, like it, it snowed it in it June went, too, it went all the way into
2: May. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was that wet winter went long and cold
0: yeah so that was that was definitely a, a more formidable winter but then greg you, you I've heard the story that like you guys shoveled for like a month leading up to that that event and then like a week before a heat wave hit and it melted everything
1: yeah it wasn't a month okay well we we i think we started too early okay but we had you know we had a lot of beer we had we had volunteers we got we got busy yeah yeah. I think we had like a hundred volunteers on 4th of July weekend up there, like shoulder to shoulder shoveling. It was kind of a thing. That's awesome. And then we also uh, hired a guy to run a DA tractor on the road Mm -hmm. to open up the road, like to Sierra city and then down to the top of butcher. And then had to alter the course. Like everybody went down butcher that year through the waterfall.
0: Wow. And it was a raging waterfall that year. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, so Henry and Cosby, who was um, a long-time...
0: Uncle Cos. Uncle
1: Cosmo. Um, and Troy Morrison, who was working with us at the time. Uh-huh. Um, we all we all posted up at the waterfall for the Saturday race. And just, it was such a thing to have the race happen after everything we'd been through. and Right. You know, months of, like, board of supervisors meetings, trying to get them to kick in funding, get the town to support it. We got PG&E, actually, to kick in some money before they started burning this all down. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it was just like such such a thing to actually get the race to happen. And so many people like poured their hearts into this to make it happen. So we're like, well, we're going to be at the waterfall with a bunch of beer. (laughs) And so like the four of us just posted up there. And by the time we left, like nobody had a voice left. We were just like yelling, laughing, screaming at people, you know, it was just such a celebration to have racers come through there. And it was, I mean, it was a little bit scary. I don't usually like to post myself up where people maybe could get hurt. Yeah. I'm like, I'll be on the bridge over here. You know, it's like (laughs) by that point, like my nerves are, I don't want to be patching people up, but people were like doing somersaults and, you know, it was like all these crazy acrobatics through there. It's like picking lines that they had no business taking (sighs) And then, and then people be walking it all be clogged up, and somebody come through like, just smash out it out of the way, hey. smash it, and it would just be like, it. totally <laughs> through clean, and then people would just be like, why am I not doing that?
0: What was the ratio of people actually riding the waterfall through the waterfall to walking it or not like not ride? Like was it fifty fifty? I mean,
1: it... you know, like when you have the pros coming through, like yeah. maybe like one out of five pros was riding. Because to keep in mind, like, it wasn't open. People weren't, like, sessioning it ahead right, of time. Right, right, And there That's was so true. much water flowing through there. The it was, like, wow. people would ride one line one time, and then, like, it's later in the day, it would change, you yeah. know? And so race day, it was, like, well, just find it, you know? Right. And by the time you got to, like, you know, a couple hundred riders in, it was just complete mayhem through there and that's where the somersaults and the headstands and yeah. you know like almost <laughs> drowning and like six inches of water like all that stuff was happening and we were just cheering it on so happy people's bikes are upside
2: down
0: going <laughs> freewheel of death See, um cosby told me that um there was a there was a curmudgeon in town who was kind of the catalyst for you guys to make sure that the event actually happened
1: yeah there was um this year no Uh, this is like um, 2011 like for i mean ever since i could remember there was this guy barney in town barney man i almost had to kick his ass a couple times but he was like so much older than me like i felt bad (laughs) i was like i'm gonna have to kick this old guy's ass (laughs) but i never did (laughs) But, man, he would mess with me all the time, like, above and beyond. And, you know, it was, like, I don't know, I think, like, you know, around end of May, early June, and uh, and he's sitting on the park bench he used to sit on, and classic Barney, like, well, I guess you're going to have to just cancel the race this year, huh? And it was, like, at that moment, it was just, like, oh, hell no. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. Like, challenge is accepted. <laughs> game on (laughs) we're gonna figure this thing out and that's when I I just started scheduling board of supervisors meetings and you know just talking to the mountain like and I also was like looking at all these alternative routes like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how can we pull a race off And it's like you can't yeah you're not gonna send people out of Downeyville
0: up 93
1: yeah or I mean that wasn't even an option either like up Union Flat or yeah and I'm like, you can't just go, like make a loop up second or, you know, it was just right, like, I right. was trying everything, thinking about like how it could go. and You like, got to get to back saddle. Yeah. I'm like, we have to get to the saddle. We have to overcome mother nature just yeah. one time and then we'll give it back.
0: What was the, originally the, um, thought around when the, when the, so the Downeyville classic it started in 1995 as the coyote classic. Yeah. Was that the first year? Yeah. Yep what was the reason behind the point-to-point structure of it
1: i don't know i I just feel like um i mean i was it started like we started playing that race in 1993 yeah like scouting routes and trying to convince the county that like we could pull it off too you know like yeah i mean i was just a young kid and a hippie like long hair and wearing spandex and they were a little freaked out and i was telling you
0: long head hair yeah. Now you have long face hair. Yeah. Okay.
1: Reverse. <laughs> now I'm much wiser. I get to grow it on the front. <laughs> but you know, when you're telling like the public works, you know, officer that you want to shut the town down and have this bike race, they're like, Oh really? Let's see. You know? And right. so, right. Um, the planning took two years, honestly, and just convincing the County that we had what it took, and. I don't know. It was just kind of like what what would be like the ultimate race, you know? And so we there was a, there was like lots of kids in school at the time and there was a school buses. So we just figured like, man, we could start the thing in Sierra City and I wanted to like involve the two towns too. Like there's it's 12 miles, but it's almost like a world of difference between the two towns. So how mm-hmm. could we unite these canyon communities? And also like I'd done that ride so many times like it's just a punisher. It's like, why wouldn't we start with this? Why wouldn't yeah. we, again, just like celebrate the mountain? And so, yeah, it was kind of like that was just already like, that was that was the easy one. It was, then it was like, do we go, Polly? Do we, you know, yeah. Polly Creek, or do we send them on Big Boulder? Yeah, you know, the the climb was like the easy one of like, oh, we're sending people up this thing. It's gnarly.
0: Yeah, it's it's proper, and it's one of the last point-to-point races left in the country, in the world, right? It's like yeah. one of the few mountain bike point-to-point races left.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna do a loop out of Downeyville like that. Otherwise, well, no, like, you guys
0: did though. Yeah, the, the single speed world championships. Yeah, in two thousand
1: two. Yeah,
0: it was a loop, right?
1: Well, and even like in <laughs> on um, single speed, like in eighty nine and ninety, I think even in ninety one. Like we were working with the chamber and we were doing this ride called uh downeyville descent Mm -hmm. and but it was like a metric century you know like no timing 60 miles like um food along the way and we were sending people up and around chimney rock so up saddleback across chimney rock down empire and so that was one of the options we looked at even for the race but we were like that's way too gnarly yeah it's so remote yeah at least Packer's Saddle, there's a, like a spot where you could get emergency services in, and you know, it just it just made more sense.
0: Yeah, Yep. yeah. the The event is uh, if if you if listeners have never been to it, I, it's just to me. I've done a lot of mountain bike events over the years, but there's nothing that really compares to the classic. Um, it, it's a combination of the course. It's a combination of that with the just the historic nature of the town. It's this perfectly preserved little town on on the banks of confluence of two beautiful rivers. And it's, but kind of frozen in time. You you go to Downeyville and it's like stepping back in time through a portal Mm -hmm. and everybody there, you know, a lot of your friends, new friends you meet, epic stories. Like, you know, I just love to hear the stories from the race weekend, because there's always crazy stuff that happens out on the course. Pre-writing the course, like, especially, like, event, you know, Friday night and Saturday night before the event, um, people get a little, you know, loose or a lot loose. Um, Greg, the stewardship, all the volunteers and, and the staff, um, you guys have a throwdown party on Thursday night. Why, why Thursday night?
1: Uh, well, we had it on Friday, but people didn't show up for Saturday because they were <laughs> too hungover. So... <laughs> We switched it to Thursday and it didn't help the hangover. Like some people, you know, it's, it's just traditionally like Thursday is like the, the day, you yeah. know, it's like, we're going to party down and, and you know, for, it's a big family reunion too. You know, people you haven't seen for a year and, yeah. and that gives everybody Friday, like a day to kind of get their act together. Cause Saturday it's like game on and Sunday too. And then, You know, for a lot of the folks that are key and and show up for a long time, like we, Sunday nights, kind of like a gathering and storytelling and banking and, you know, kind of the closing ceremony.
0: Yeah. And then what do you do on Monday?
1: I sweep the streets of Downeyville, (laughs) the gutters. (laughs) Pick up the party. I put my head down with a broom and a dustpan and a garbage can and I, I sweep the streets.
0: It's pretty odd. It's like this annual tradition for Greg is he's always out there on Monday sweeping the street just to talk, right? You talk to the locals and just kind of get the vibe of the event and the weekend and how people feel.
1: Yeah. Everybody kind of knows they can find me out there and they can complain or they can, you know, say great job or, (laughs) but if you're going to complain, like bring a margarita or a Bloody Mary or. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So like how,
2: how big is it? How many people descend on Donnyville for a town of 300 now? How many people show up for this?
1: Yeah. Well I mean the sign says three hundred. I think there's probably like a hundred full time residents now. That's a lot it. of the housing's been occupied by um vacations. It's not a... not necessarily like Airbnb or like vacation rentals, but people just bought the houses and they use them when they want mm-hmm. to use them for a couple weeks and they sit idle. But I you know, I'm I'm a little bit like I kind of compare it to like a Grateful Dead show of like, you know, you have people that bought tickets and then you have people just party in the parking lot and do their <laughs> yeah. own show. Yeah. That's kind of how downyville is, right? Like we're going to have 900 racers on Saturday, 500 of which are all mountain that'll continue on on Sunday. But there could be like 4,000 people in yeah, town. Yeah, but then they have their family and friends and their dogs. and Yeah. So it's always like the, like how many poopers do we order? How many trash cans yeah. to support... You know, like, and then people like, where are they gonna park? What are they gonna? It's like I don't know, but hopefully they don't park over the white line, or they're gonna get their car towed. (laughs) And that's a good PSA for everybody. Yeah, Yeah, don't park over the white line. Yeah, don't change your clothes in somebody's driveway. Don't don't piss in in their yard. Don't piss in their yard. Like, be a solid human being in Downeyville, and you'll have a great time. And don't like leave your your candy wrappers on the course, or your an empty tube, like you'll flat again. It's like my know. deal with the mountain. Yeah, be respectful if you're, and if you pass somebody that has a flat and you have a tube, like give them a tube. Yeah, you know, like if you're sockless and you and you have extra socks, like give your buddy a sock. <laughs> if you're holding, don't hold <laughs> yeah. out. I like that. This is like a like you know. Yeah.
2: it's the it's Way. It's the most
1: important bike race in the world, but like how we got here is like through a lot of love and support. So I hope the people that come here, like, race their asses off, but, like, love each other, right? It's, like, friendly, good competition. This isn't a World Cup. This is about, like, respect and honoring this place. Yeah. And also, like, all the all the proceeds fund a trail crew and staff, you know, keep people living there and working hard to build more trails. Mad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, a big part. I think a lot of people maybe aren't aware that these events, like the Downeyville Classic and the Lost and Founder fundraisers for the stewardship to be able to put the money back into trails and put the money back into the communities and where these events happen or the people who live, who work in these communities are. And so it's a a good thing, right, for the communities. Um, Greg, you know, one thing I wanted to ask is, you know, the absence of the Classic Um, through the COVID years, um, have you gotten kind of a vibe or feedback from locals about like, have they really missed it? Has it been a big, huge impact on the town negatively not having the event there?
1: Yeah, for sure. For the business owners. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, when, when COVID hit and and we canceled, like it was like devastating for us, you know, and it wasn't like an easy decision and, but it, but it needed to happen, you know? Yeah. And so for two years, it was like, we're not having this event in this tiny little town I'm bringing 4,000 people into really like an elderly population yeah. that lives there. There's no there's no urgent care. There's, you know, like if, if, yeah. if, if we bring like the virus into this town, it could wipe out the whole town was the reality. Yeah. So that wasn't even an option, you know? So for two years, we really just held tight and then you know, last year we kind of felt like maybe it was safe to bring it back. But the reality was like, we had all new, like a lot of new staff. Like none of us, none of them had been through a classic. And so, and we are also like super sensitive to Downeyville. So we, we felt like last year we brought back lost and found and like, let's start with that. People are really spaced out, you know, it's a lot of camping, dispersed camping, the impact would be less. Um, so we started with that and you know had new tra- new staff that we were training up and bringing back basically an events team and so that went really smooth and then you know we just were like okay this year we're doing lost and found we're doing downyville but our event staff like the main guy that planning this like has never been to downyville classic <laughs> but he is a great logistics person kyle stone you know, like he is so detail oriented that he's really like bringing this thing to a new level. Like, and a lot of it's just through like, you know, meetings with myself and like Marty and Cosby, just every detail, like getting it out of our heads. Like what at nine 15 on Saturday, what is, what exactly is happening? You know, like I've never, uh, we've never had that level of detail. Like I feel really Sweet. good about going into this thing, but you know, Downeyville needs this event is the reality. Like it's, you know, for those businesses and for the town, like it needs that identity. Like yeah. it's, you know, it, it. that's it. It's a mountain biking town now. It's not a yeah. gold rush town. It's not a timber town. It is a mountain biking town. It is like the best mountain biking, maybe not in the world, some would say, but I think it is, you know, and the, the new trails we're building, the new, you know, projects we have happening are just making it better and better. Like we're it's, it's, it's a place like so unique. Yep. I won't argue with that. It's, it's as rad as it gets for mountain biking. And it's gnarly. Yeah. Like these trails and were it's, built it's like some are prehistoric, like from the natives, you know, and then the gold rush had a big impact. These trails were built for pack mules to get straight up the mountain to get to the mine. And so, you know, you're sell, you're seeing those trails now and the reason they're open is because we've been doing so much work to like protect the watersheds. Yep you know, to keep the soil where it is, but they're rowdy and they're steep. And it's, it's worth like, you know, again, like don't bring your skinny tires, <laughs> you <know? laughs> bring your two fives. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: But I, I think Kurt sort of leaned into though, that I think that when you didn't hold the event for four years, Donnyville did get a sniff of, of possibly what Donnyville would be like
1: without mountain biking. Yeah. And
2: they sort of realized that without it, they don't have much there these well, days.
1: Yeah, and in that four years, like we closed our shop in Downeyville, you mm-hmm. know, a shop that's you know almost thirty years old, and you know it just Downeyville's like going through some challenges, like with housing, you know, like because yeah, we all are, housing's like ridiculous. They're not building any new houses there because it's all Forest Service land, and once you lose your spot, like you lose your spot, and we were just having trouble staffing and. um, had to kind of take like a, you know, like, Hey, is what's more important here? You know, is it like getting people up the mountain on a shuttle or is it like building almost 600 miles, a single track to connect 15 yeah. towns through our connected communities project? Like.
2: Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah let's, yeah. let's, I mean, since we have you here, I mean, that's, I think that's the big news that everybody has seen from Sierra Beach trail stewardship is, this, is the project that you have in the works right now. And it's vast. Yeah. It's the, probably the biggest trail network and, the world? Yeah.
1: Maybe? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know about the world. I don't even like, like it's yeah. It's wild. Like when you, um, I mean, Kurt and I, like, I was like, there's like a moonshot, right? You're like, well, what if we tried to do this? And then you're like, Oh shit, we're doing this now. Yeah. You know? And that was kind of one of those projects where we get, you know, we were rooted in Downeyville. We'd started working in Quincy and, and gray Eagle building trails. And then These towns, you know, that are very barely surviving because they were timber towns or gold rush towns or the business owners are like, hey, what about us? Can we have this? And so how about us? Well, let's do a trail here. Yeah. And that was the concept with you guys. You guys did mills then? Yeah, we built mills. um, Took, you know, like seven or eight years. Um, We're building Beckworth Peak now, which is outside of Portola. That's Mm -hmm. like a 20 year project so these projects don't just happen overnight. You know, there's like a lot of environmental review yeah. and then we're always struggling to find funding. You know, it's like if we were, if we were, uh, you know, Arkansas and we had Walmart <laughs> funding us, we'd be building the 600 miles, but we're on forest service land. We're in disadvantaged communities mm-hmm. and we're just like turning couch cushions all the time, but we've, you know, this is gonna be our twentieth year as a nonprofit, and we're gonna build our two hundredth mile of trail. We're gonna celebrate that this year. Oh, um and and all of it, none of it's been easy. Not a single inch of trail that has been built has been an easy project.
2: It seems like there's been huge strides on Huff.
1: That seems to be like kind of the new mecca in that zone. Yeah. I mean that project started in two thousand eight. Not that long ago. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you know, if you're, uh, if you're working it every day is a long time ago, (laughs) but it's, I mean, Huff's going to have, you know, like a hundred miles of trail when it's done. We're on phase two. Now it's going to connect with Taylorsville, the next town over. Um, and then we're in a, in a big planning project south of Quincy called Claremont that has around 65 miles of trail that, um, is being surveyed. That's the North zone you were telling me about Kurt that has Mm-hmm. It's like Lometown over there. Zone. Yeah. And it's it'll, the Lom Zone. That'll connect back towards Downeyville. Huh? Um, and then, you know, big projects happening outside of Truckee, Verdi, mm-hmm. Reno. And that's why we brought Kurt on uh, as an employee to help us manage those projects and engage the communities and get those projects done.
0: Tail Rick with Trash and Treasure on WMTT Hot Country 103. Give us a call. Tell us what you got for sale today. Hey, you're on the air. Yeah, there's uh, Enos Mahonke over there in Booger I got a Larry Fisher Mountain push bike for sale. Only been crashed into a tree once, so uh, pretty much brand new otherwise. Got a nice jail seat on it, some uh, off-road tires and that. And uh, it's got them suspensions. Asking Tree Fitty, firm, service calls only, no scammers, don't waste my time, don't steal my stuff. 522 0258. All right, Mohawkie over in Booger Hole got a Larry Fisher mountain bike for sale. Tree Fitty. Don't waste his time. Don't steal his stuff. Give him a call at 52202. There's a better way to buy, sell, and rent used outdoor gear. Cendy, a new peer to peer online marketplace backed by Cam Zink and Travis Rice. Built by athletes for athletes, Cendy is committed to providing the outdoor community with a high quality hub for high quality gear. Sendy provides a safe platform for buying, selling, and renting, making sketchy meetups with shady characters and seedy parking lots a thing of the past. Sendy uses integrated and discounted UPS rates, QR codes, and print-ready labels, shipping anywhere in the U.S., with Canada coming soon. Download the app today for free at the Apple Store, Google Play, or visit sendy.io. Buy it, sell it, rent it, and send it with Sendy, charter partner of Mind the Track. Now. Back to the show. Yeah, Greg, uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you is, you know, we all have our own first Downeyville story. Um, like the first time that you've been to Downeyville, right? Um, but for you, especially with the history you've had there, what was your first Downeyville story? Like the first time you went to that town and you saw it?
1: Yeah, it was just as a, as a little kid in a Jeep. My parents would, my dad had a 1940s Jeep and we would drive from Nevada city to Downeyville and take two months and, you know, get the Jeep stuck and camp out where we, where it was stuck. And, but we'd always end up in Indian Valley, which is where my great, great, great grandfather, um, arrived from Nevada city after our tribe was massacred. So it was kind of like a family reunion. We would always gather up there and, um, I just, you know, I just remember, like, my family just being drunk for, you know, two weeks hanging out there on the river. Um, but we would go, you know, we would take the Jeep when they weren't drunk and drive up <laughs> and go, like, up into the Lakes Basin and go around Downeyville. My dad had a lot of, like, those synop maps. You yeah. know, that's, like, what really? I remember, like, those hand-drawn style maps. Wow, really? And we would, like, find these old cabins and just kind of like poke around a little bit, my dad always like had extra garbage bags, and'd be like, "Put that trash in here, you know, we always left it cleaner, yeah, and so that was like my I really like the North Yuba is like my remembrance of Downeyville, like being on the river, yeah being hot, like sit like diving off a log, yeah, rope swing yeah with my you know with just my family and and then, as a teenager, like showing up there on a mountain bike and just getting my ass handed to me like. I rode, like, from Downeyville, the pavement, all the way up to Bassett's, got a Coke. Oh, God. Rode up to Packer's Saddle as the sun was, like, setting. Oh, God. And then headed down and made it to Downeyville after dark (laughs) and was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) This was, like, an adventure. That was the hard way. I had my thumb out the whole way on the pavement. Like
0: not one person picked you up, and I
1: had like these BMX gloves and my buddy John Fisher that I was riding with was like, nobody's picking us up with you wearing those gloves. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, it's not the gloves. Like nobody's going to pick us up anyway because we don't know what we are. And I just were like log trucks driving by and just being so scared. And, um, and I made it back. And then like the next day I just came right back. I was like the hooks were in i was like this is this is game on now and got a shuttle i had some like a friend bring us and we rode like butcher ants twice and then just started like looking at old maps and i'm like poly creek how do we get there you know big boulder like where's that thing oh wow and so what like was
0: big boulder like the first time you rode it
1: Cause... i got lost like from the top a few times like ended out up, up in Holly meadow oh yeah yeah and up through gold valley like just going whoa maybe i'll never make it it's gnarly like two sandwiches every time you know and minimum and then i found like big boulder really like from on third divide like where it connects in yeah that that was
0: was that hard to was it barely there it was barely
1: even there it looked like um like a game trail or something oh wow and so the first time i really found it like i i just i was climbing up third and Um, on like my Cannondale M eight hundred, you know, (laughs) with a soft dried stem, just surviving. And saw I'm just like, I'm just gonna walk up this thing and just kept going. I was like, I went back, got my bike, and then just kept going and poked out at the top and then it started to get dark, so I didn't I didn't really piece the the two together for like a couple of weeks. You know, like where you cross Polly Creek and from the top and and even then, like I took a wrong turn, ended up at the Sasan mine one time. Yep. And yep. like lost lost sunlight, had to double back. It's, it's like mm-hmm. you're running out of light a lot in those early it's days. It's dark. It, there there's nobody out there either. It was like, there's no mountain bikers out there. Like, if there was, they were on Butcher Ranch. Like you'd barely, rarely see somebody. But we just, we were piecing this whole thing together, just three of us, kind of hippie kids, you know, just having all day to just go ride your bike and find a place.
0: Wow. That's,
1: that's a good, that's a good share. Thank you.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. When,
2: my... when was it then that people really started doing the, the shuttle downhill more, more often when you, when, when you started seeing more people shredding it?
1: Yeah. Like, like in, like in 1991 I, I was working at this shop in grass Valley and I had just out of the blue, like answered the phone, this guy, Neil who who is from Fairfax. He's like, Hey, we want to go to Downeyville. Like, where do we go? Or what do we do? And I was like, for some reason, I'm like, I don't know. I could show you. Usually I didn't like offer my services left. Cause I don't, I didn't really know that well. So Neil meets me and I took him out. That was like my first guided trip before I had a permit or anything. Mm-hmm. And so those guys just started coming up more and more. Like I'd take them like up the South Yuba to like the town of Washington and Mm -hmm. They were just like wanting to explore with me and we got along really good. So I kept taking them out and then, you know, like 93, 94, we started guiding. And I think like it got to the point where people would be, you know, we'd guide them and then they'd be like, "I, I know my way. Can I just get a lift? And so we would like guide a group and then the van would come back down and pick up a shuttle run. In between the guided trips so there'd be like the guided trip would do two runs and then there'd be two shuttles that makes sense on both sides and so probably by like 96 was the okay. first like commercial shuttles that started running and then it you guide you know in downeyville and you watch people just try and throw themselves off cliffs and <laughs> bang themselves up and suddenly you're like shuttles are pretty easy i think i'll just run shuttles yeah <laughs> And just the capacity and the money you could make, you know, I just became a shuttle driver and I would just like wake up and just start driving.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm one of those people that use that shuttle a whole bunch. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The shuttle, it was fun to drive the shuttle. I drove the shuttle for a few years for Yuba and um, there's just not so many awesome people. I still bump into people who, you know, they're like, Hey, I rode the shuttle with you you know, and I just like, it's hard to remember. I mean, there's so many people that you meet, but a lot of great stories are shared on the shuttle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Yeah. it's, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, like with the, like with what Greg mentioned, like without the event these last few years, what I've noticed in Downeyville is that, and I don't think we really fully realized it until it was like, it wasn't there. And it's that there are people who show up in Downeyville for like two months leading up to the event to pre-ride the course to like spend a weekend in Downeyville getting to know it. And you know, when the event's not there, there's just not as many people who show up. So there's this really interesting like relationship between how many people are coming to Downeyville throughout the course of the summer and the actual event because people do come up there ahead of the event to like experience the town. We just did we just yeah exactly we just did that, that and we saw people trip up this year. we saw a bunch of people up there last week and last weekend who were up there in advance of the event because they're going to race the event and they've never done it before and they want to see what they're getting into
1: well and the race is like that's what makes the media right like right like we had been guiding for a number of years and nobody knew about downeyville right Right. But as soon as we started the race and there was, like, a stopwatch, mm-hmm. like, Downyville like, became a mountain bike destination. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, again, bringing the classic back, like, this year, like, the most badass racers in the world are going to be there in the pro class. Like, hands Yeah, can down. you say
0: some of the names that are going to be there yet?
1: Well, Steven DeVoust is, um, you know, yeah. kind of, I guess if I was going to pick somebody, he's yeah. a defending champion. Um, Boat. You know, rumor has it Jason Moschler is going to be coming back. Oh, no way. Out of retirement. Oh, wow. You know, Carl will be there. Um, Jeff Kabush just, like, pre rode the course and, and just talking about... I didn't look at the roster.
2: Uh-huh. Um, I know
1: Santa Cruz Bicycles has a couple ringers that yeah. they're bringing. Um, I, you know, again, like, it's stacked. Yeah. And this is the most important race in the world. Yeah. So, and a lot of these people have never ridden Downeyville, but they're... They're good riders. We'll just see. I
0: like to see that.
1: What I love is like, you know, the year like Levi came and he, he was putting like smoked everybody on, like had minutes and we're like, oh shit, he's going to win this thing. Yeah. Which there's some controversy around. Like if Levi wins your race because of his past. Right. (laughs) And I was like, I'm thinking, you know, I'm hearing it on the radio and, and I'm like, man, this is kind of going to be a thing on the podium if he wins. Yeah. And then, like, the next report is, like, Levi has a flat tire. And then I think Carl won it that year. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, he's not going to win. And it was like, the mountain will just sort you. Like, you let Mm -hmm. your, especially as you get close to town on lower first. Oh, yeah. And there's all those, like, shale, sharp rocks. Like, if you unweight for just a half a second, like, you're done. Yep. And you made it so close.
0: Yeah, there's this one. I'll never forget this one year, man. Um, one of my downhill stories was uh, all mountain, single speed. Um, I think I finished like third or fourth in the XC. So I was in the running for the all mountain and I was like, I gotta win the downhill. If I can win the downhill, then we're in business, right? And um, so I'm at the start line of the downhill and I take off and a I'm not kidding you, dude, a hundred yards into that downhill, there's some like off camber, super sharp razor rocks on the start of sunrise, slashed a sidewall, and I just stop. I'm just like a hundred yards into this, and I look at it, and I'm I didn't even attempt to try and fix it. I, Swan John was driving away in our truck, and I I see her and I yell to her from the race from the trail, and she she stops, and I was like I'm done. I walk back to the start and I told. I think Foyt or whoever was running the start, like I'm DNFing. And they're like, what do you mean? Pretty like, <laughs> much. I, mean, I I knew, I was like, if I have a slashed sidewall a hundred yards into this thing, there's no effing way I'm going to make it to town. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to have three. Cause the, the, the rule of law in Downeyville is as soon as you get your first flat, you're probably going to have two more. That's just how it works. Like as soon yeah, as you put an inner tube in your rear wheel, you, it You're spirals gonna, probably get a, gonna get another flat. Oh. so i just like dnf'd and that was the end of my weekend you know but it it's I always... it was it
1: was the end of your racing weekend but you went back and partied in downeyville yeah exactly
0: end of the re- <laughs> well it was it was sunday you know and it was i was bummed for like an hour and then I i was over it and i was like all right whatever you know down evil's fun. That, that's it's racing. Good. That's racing, man. You know, but like, it, it's one of those things where the, I always had this, you know, there's five spots in the course where you got to let off the throttle and kind of float through it because it's really sharp razor rock. Right. Until you find that sixth spot, which I found that year, which was at the very top of the course. I'm like, okay. So you always find that next spot where you gotta, you know, not smash into the rocks because you're not going to come out the other side but that's like the luck factor i mean there's always a luck factor involved with downeyville whether you're carl decker or not like you can be as meticulous as possible but there's always going to be that element of luck involved with that course and that's um that's what makes it so awesome is that you're, you're like greg says and the mountain sorts you out yeah you know
2: and your gear sorts you out i think that there's that I think that's a cool chess piece of that uh, yeah. brought this event. I don't know. I've never, I've never mountain bike raced, but I do like going fast on my bike. And I know that having the right gear, having the right, it, it's neat when all that componentry comes together totally. and you find the flow state. Yeah.
1: And with luck being like such a big factor is, is, um, like leading up to the race, like racers should be like super kind to everybody, like hold the door for your, mm-hmm. for your friend. And you know, Help people out leading him, up to it. Like give a show. Be like your best person.
2: Yeah. that, that might be race karma for you. It could
1: like, you need every bit of it.
0: Yeah. Greg, what tips do you have for first time racers of this event? Like for the course of the weekend out on the course, like any kind of preparation or things they should carry on day of or things to be mindful of or.
1: Yeah. Thick tires for sure. Yeah. And, um, extra tube, maybe a second extra tube. Yeah like drink lots of water mm-hmm. like smile when you ride like mm-hmm. the whole time even though you're like <laughs> suffering like keep a smile on yeah say hi to people yeah and again if you're holding don't hold out
0: yeah <laughs> that's a good i one. like it yeah yeah my my advice to people would be um definitely bring heavy tires uh definitely bring two tubes uh, and make sure you have a functioning pump and not just CO2. Because CO2, <clears throat> you know, it will go you'll, so far. You'll run out of it. Yeah, You'll run out of it. And, uh, you know, I think the other thing about the course is just... Um, this is counterintuitive, but you wear goggles on the XC day and you wear glasses on the downhill day if you're doing the All Mountains. And the reason why I say that is because you know, on the climb, you don't need the goggles. So you put them up on your helmet backwards or whatever, out of your way. But as soon as you crest the top of gold Valley rim, you throw those things on. And cause it's pretty much mostly downhill for a while. And there's going to be, unless we get some, you know, you know, midsummer thunderstorms, which we might, I mean, it's totally possible, but most years it gets really dusty. And when you've got a train of eight people in front of you on like, Holly and butcher and third divide you cannot see anything you can't see anything you're in a dust of cloud of dust and so with the goggles you can actually see um and you're going to find yourself in that situation more times than you think where you're like behind a conga line of people because there's someone in front who's going slower and everyone's stuck on the downhill day you're spaced out you're you're, there was it 30 second or one minute intervals
1: The, the pro men get one minute And then everybody else gets 30 Mm -hmm. seconds.
0: So you get 30 seconds. And so generally speaking, you have a lot more space to work with. And you're not having a conga line of eight people in front of you sucking their dust. So, you know, for those who are doing the all-mountain, bring the goggles on Saturday. and You can wear the goggles on Sunday too, I guess. But I generally do the opposite. I
2: can see that. Because when I followed you down third the other day, that was the only dry part of that it had just rained. Yep. So we got some good conditions, but th- parts of third were somewhat dry. Yep. And you were smoking me out. Some. Oh and it's I, bad. It's and I, I was it's bad. wishing that I had goggles on. And when it's that section.
1: Like when you're in the downhill, like you want dust. Right, because you're catching the person in front of you, yeah. and you start to get like a little whiff of it, and you're like, Ooh, I'm cut- "Oh, I'm going to get more of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm getting they're, a little more. going it. down. I'm getting a little more of it. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you're in the cross country, you're like, "Oh, more dust. Levi's but- Levi's going down,
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you just end up with a. Uh- there's like some ornery old uh, gold prospector on a Rokon two-wheel, two-wheel drive motorcycle going down the trail. And you're like, oh, this is not him. He's not in the race. What's this guy? He just came out of the woods somehow. He didn't even know the race was happening. Have we ever had that? Have you ever had like a miner who didn't know the event was happening, was like down on the river and came up to trail level and was on the trail?
1: Um, not on the trail. Like We we always like ride up in the morning uh-huh. early on, like close things down. Oh, yeah. Um, but like up around Packer Saddle, we've had some, I don't know, we, like hillbillies, like, you know, like yeah. disobeyers who are just like, I'm going through. And so that's when it's always good to have like a forest service representative up there, like with the uniform and yeah. let them know. But, um, not so much, Yeah. you know, it hasn't really been a big issue. And then like you have an event like Lost in Fowler, it's like open course, yeah. you know, but yeah. we definitely, we don't People that want to be on course, we tell them, you're going to get to a spot. You're going to be there all day. Right. Like, you're not mixing. Yep. Yeah. So, try and control it as much as we can.
0: Yeah, this year, I'm not... I, you know, I thought about maybe for a half second racing, but uh, I think I'm going to just play drums.
1: Yeah. Play the drums. I, Where are you going to be?
0: I'm not sure yet. So, I heard... So, your son, Miles... I heard he's coordinating a big party up on Packer Saddle. Is that true?
1: Yeah, he's leading the he's leading the aid station of at Packer's Saddle. He?
0: So, and I heard he's having Matt Merrill DJ and like yeah, and Garen's gonna be up there doing some crazy disco stuff or something. Is that
1: yeah? I can't reveal everything, but
0: <laughs> so I might end up up there. It sounds that like sounds fun. They might need a drummer. I'm yeah. gonna call, I'm gonna talk to Matt and see if he wants to collaborate on a. On a DJ drum, because that's what the last, in 2019, I was up at the saddle at the aid station with the drum kit, and co um, uh, Eric Nelson and this dude, uh, oh shit, what's his name, uh, Trent or Travis, or, anyway, um, they're from Sacramento, and they had a, a DJ set up, and I just jammed along there, so they were just like playing a crazy mix of songs, and I think the highlight was when we played War Pigs by Sabbath. <laughs> The crowd just loved that. That was pretty. The sweet. angry
2: single speeder yeah, came just out then.
0: Jamming, dude, on Sabbath, some Sabbath, yeah. What what day are you gonna do that? Maybe. Uh, well, it'd be probably Sunday. both
1: days. Saturday, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, you gotta be like at the guards, just like so. I like, know. Yeah. Well, so I got a funny story. You gotta be in me. the like, in people's line. Playing drums, right so take one, the good line the
0: first the first year i did the drums I, I i posted up at the gorge on butcher you know where the gorge is it's where you drop into that hole and come out yeah, the, the, the other side the dip the, the dip yeah yeah the dipty do so i set up there with my with my forerunner you know i had the top off of it so i could blast music and i had my drums kit set up and i was just playing like music just random mix of music and drumming along. And I set up in what I thought was the slowest line possible. Like, it's like, there's three lines to the entrance of that gorge. And so I set up in the slow line and, you know, pretty much every racer was going by and just like, yeah, you know, they were stoked. And I, you know, and actually a picture of this ended up in the Alaska Airlines magazine. And and a friend of mine was taking a plane ride from here to (laughs) Seattle, or they opened the magazine, they sent me a picture of me with uh, Ryan Gardner um, riding by as I'm playing drums in their magazine. So it was kind of cool. It got some airtime, you know, but this one guy, he was riding by, and he, as he passed me, he's like, you're in my line, man. And I'm like, I'm in the slow line. I'm doing you a favor, bro.
1: You're like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't you didn't you run your battery dead that year too? Yes. Yeah, so in that truck?
0: that was the best part. So I was I was blasting the music for so long and so loud that you know we get done. All the racers are through. You know, we're, and so I'm packing up. And Swan John was there with me and my buddy Kyle, Kyle from um, out Neely. He was there, Kyle Horvath. And I was like, all right, let's pack up so we pack up. And I go get in the truck and start the truck. (laughs) It's dead, dude. And I'm just like, oh, I just killed the battery. Oh, my God. And nobody's up there. Yeah, call comes
1: over emergency services from Kurt. Uh, I have a dead battery at the gorge. And we're like, dude, you're not supposed to use this for like non-emergencies. He's like, it's an emergency. I'm here by myself. I'm scared. It's dark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, And yeah, and the best. And yeah, so like. I had a ham radio, thank God. So I was able to radio to town like, somebody help me. And then um, our director of, of the stewardship's director for like, um, for medic director, he's a doctor, Dr. Rob. Um, he, he sends a guy up on a moto and the guy shows up and he was a volunteer and he had this little... What's hand- he going to
2: do with a moto?
0: Well, he had a handheld battery jumper and it look, it was the size of like a, small book you know
1: they work good though
0: and i look at it and i go there's no effing way this is going to start my truck he's like dr rob says it will and i'm like (laughs) all right i mean i'll give it a try i got no other options at this point so i plug it in and it worked and i was like son of a gun and so we drive all the way back down to town and i it was the talk of town oh kurt died up on the saddle his truck he was drumming and partying too hard he killed his battery and then dr rob came and found me he's like you didn't think that thing was going to start your truck, did you? I was like, no, when I showed up, I thought it was a joke. I need like, one of those things. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be out there drumming somewhere. I haven't determined where yet, but I'm going to figure that out here in the next few days.
2: Oh, I think I've got Sunday to play.
0: You so should might, come up. I think
2: I might come up. Can you come up late Saturday and camp at the saddle? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Because you
0: could watch the whole yeah. downhill go yeah, off so I'm, on I'm Sunday.
2: Yeah, jumping back on the sailboat on Friday and Saturday. The boat that I've been crewing on, John Morrison's boat fired up, has me crewing on Friday and Saturday for a big weekend race. Oh, man. Uh, out of the City Marina.
0: We're going to have to introduce him to Kaz. Uh, really? So.
2: You think he's ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I think you're they, not ready for me. I, I think I can come up and, and hang out. I'd love to see it. I've, I've never been up for the event, so you got to come see the band
1: work. on Saturday night because it's going to be good. Okay,
2: heavy funk.
0: Can you make it or you working?
2: I'm so no. I got I got covered at work to do the sailboat race. So oh, uh, oh, I think I can yeah. make it up. It depending on what time the race as soon as ends, you're Done rally. Yeah, I'll just rally up. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, times.
0: You, yeah, who's playing, Greg? Oh, wow. Why did I think you were going to ask me that? I saw name. it was like uh
1: Yeah, it's um It's Lance Laswell's. Ooh. Lance Laswell. But it's if people were there in 2019, it was the the lead singer from Mojo Green is in this band. Oh, okay. And yep. she has some pipes Oh, she's like,
0: a really good singer. She, yeah. Just so she's show, in this band.
1: Yeah. She's in this new band. That's oh, how we found this band.
0: Okay. So, so they're, they're out of Reno. They're out of Reno.
1: Yeah. And full horn section Sweet. backing her up. And um, we're just super excited.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's another element to the classic, man. Greg and Cause and everyone in the classic, they have really good taste in good music. And so the, the, one of the elements is, you know, partying down and having good music at the end of a, a awesome day on the bike.
2: So yeah, it seems really like fun. the festivities in town are definitely a highlight.
0: It is. I mean, the whole main drag is shut down, so like it's all you know. You're walking through the middle of town. It's one of the few times out of the year where like you can just walk through, you know, Main Street all weekend, and uh, there's no vehicle traffic.
1: With a cold beer in your hand, yeah. It is an open. Container open town. container
0: in town, cool. yeah, which is awesome.
1: And we do have you know the log pole. Uh, yeah, so I, no, I heard the
0: river jump's not gonna happen. Yeah,
1: no bike jump. Yeah, we're not we're not doing the river jump this year. The flow is just super fast yeah. and the water's really cold. Yeah there's been there was a, a, a person that died in Downeyville last week and then there was a couple swift water rescues even this week. Oh wow. So it's, it's just too much for us. Yeah. You know, yeah and we don't wanna put people at harm.
0: The water's cold. That makes it's sense. Super cold right now. Um so what the log pole and then are there gonna be is there gonna be something in, in place of the river jump?
1: Yeah, I mean we're working on like kind of that two hour time slot of what might happen, but yeah, like I can't reveal it. Yeah, we gotta show up at the St. Charles and yeah. drink too many beers and have <laughs> right. things down on napkins yeah. and have a slow race. Yeah. I can tell you that the, the inner tube run is not gonna happen.
0: Oh yes, the great Yuba the, the Yuba great, invitational Yuba invitational
1: inner tube run from uh Did you guys start at Shangri-La? We started just like just at the Shangri La oh Bridge. My God. That's an we lost a few. Not, not <laughs> they floated th-
0: inner tubes from that's like three miles almost of river. And I heard there was just carnage galore. Like, you know, yeah,
1: there are two uh, people that got uh, emergency, <laughs> two racers that didn't race. <laughs> but some of us had like the best time of our lives. Yeah. Well, yeah. We stashed a, a keg of beer midway. <laughs> and all of us had bumps and bruises.
2: Oh, you man. know the trick with that one is Archie actually, bunker. You lash two tubes together.
1: No, you ride on your stomach. That the people helps that too. were riding like on their butt, it did hit bad them. things happen. No, well, so that's do the Archie you bunker.
0: Do. You got to keep your butt out. You got to like arch your back or so your butt's not like hanging down yeah, in the that, middle which of the is tube. why you
2: have two tubes so right. I, I did a bunch of tubing in boulder back in the day and we would just we if you inflated one a little bit more than the than the top one yeah and then you just lash them together and it would give you that extra oh, 10 10 inches of clearance it's
0: like a, it's like having like 40 it's, inch tires it's on like your lifting Jeep. your truck
2: you yeah. just lift your tube yeah. a little bit
1: <laughs> too top heavy though you got to be low <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, game, right? well, yeah. The year we did it, it was we shouldn't have done it. it was, <laughs> but we were in. By the time we were, you know, the U-Haul was loaded with thirty inner twos We were going. So, so it sounds like it's this year too. No, you shouldn't do it this no, year. No, that's off the. No, like, that river's from,
0: flowing. I floated into the in 2019. I floated into the party. I like put in a mile above town and and came down and literally floated into the part. You know, the where the river jump happens at the confluence. It was amazing. Just like floated right into the party. Everyone's sitting there and they're like, where'd you come from? I was like, I just floated down the river
1: and <laughs> somebody know? probably added you a cold beer. <laughs>
0: they did. And pizza. <laughs> Mark Weir was cooking pizza on the bank of the river. Like, Hey, what are you doing? Come over here. It was amazing. I can't wait for that. It's um, back
1: four years later. We're bringing it back four
0: years later, man. Bring 25th.
1: That's rad that
2: it's the 25th. Yeah. Running. the
0: 25th anniversary yeah
2: what's is there good prizes for what's the what's like what's everybody going for
1: like millions of dollars i'm
2: sure but is it's there like, like a rad butt belt buckle
1: um there's like some really cool stuff from paul components and clean canteen like one-off nice. off type stuff custom yeah wtb nice so, yeah cool yeah, or, like we can't reveal everything but joe winter who's like a ceramic maker is doing some really cool stuff oh he he does we commissioned awesome. uh well, Bob Crabb's been drawn for me for almost 30 years. All the Coyote artwork and Downeyville yeah, Classic. Right like, it yeah. was all Bob Crabb. And then we just commissioned a new artist to be revealed at the at the venue. So, oh, cool. Yeah, with some posters and t-shirts. So show up, check out the merch booth. Like, brand new artist online.
0: Carrying the torch for Bob, huh?
1: Yeah, Bob's still going. That's you know. good.
0: He's in, how old is he now?
1: Um, Pushing 90? Yeah. He's got to be like at least 135, (laughs) but like one of the coolest old hippie cartoon drawers, like incredible talent. Yeah. Incredible talent. Yeah. He's, he's told like many stories through his artwork.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I feel like the lineage of the coyote classic and the down evil classic has been told through his illustrations. Like if you look at all the old Mm. pictures and the old race manual, like the race newspapers Mm. and t-shirts, like a the back of this T-shirt I'm wearing right now is a Bob Crabb design. Like, it's this amazing character, you know, uh, character drawing that he does, um, and he brings these like anim- these like wild animals to life. You know, they got like the coyote and the bear and the cat and the fish, and like, it's just it, it's a really cool. And then with the bikes and the people, you know, it, it's a, a blend of, of uh, cartoon and, and real life.
1: And there is a new okay. Bob Crab piece for this year as well. So nice. There will be a new, lots awesome. of new art.
0: 25th anniversary Bob Crab stuff, man. That's that's he sounds like he's the, the Rick know. Griffiths of
2: art. Like yeah, who, Rick, who's Rick Griffiths? He was the guy that did all the Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and Grateful Dead art. So Craig, you, you're yeah. probably familiar with that, yeah. Right? yeah, famous artist. Yeah, but really brought like really sort of stamped a little bit of. You know his it, it was his stamp for that subculture yeah and i think that's what's probably unique about what he's doing is that he's like sort of owning that subculture and really encompassing it and saying hey this is what we're doing here yeah
1: yeah bob put like the like the vibe into um a coyote basically took took it like through it. like one animal and then celebrated the classic and yeah the guide company and you know and on to yuba like did some really cool early ube expeditions art and then as a transition to downyville classic and became from the coyote to the bear and then the two like around 2006 like partied together and so you started to see the bear and the coyote (laughs) come together (laughs) yeah you know and then they had a big fire dance like around 2015 and then the eagle came in like and then lizard was like started to appear so it tells a story. Like, Sounds like my kind of party. Bob and I, like we've gone deep together, and so those are the like when you see that artwork, there's like some some thoughtfulness between the two of us, of how we got there.
0: So here's a question, and this is I've been hearing rumors, and I don't know if you can confirm or not confirm, but is this the last Down Evil classic?
1: Yeah, I don't know where. We, there's no way we would ramp up at this level yeah. and bring staff on and. Like, something bad would have to happen for us not to do it again. It's okay, <clears> not a one and done. Yeah. You know, like I said, like, I want this, I want my kids to, to be a part of this. I want, yeah. want, you know, I want the next generation to celebrate this. And, yeah, you know, for, like, for the stewardship to be a hundred year organization means that, like, the Downeyville Classic is, you know, a hundred and, you know, a hundred and twenty year or organization. Yeah, right, so, right. I'd like to see all this stuff going after I'm gone. Yeah. You know, and. That's part of employing like really smart young people and yeah making sure that they're taken care of and can raise their families here and share the vision yeah yeah we want this to live on
0: good yeah
1: people ask me that and i'm like
0: i'm pretty sure that's not true like i can't imagine this is just going to be the last
1: one. It's no, just, the amount of energy no and, and planning to just bring a one-off event back is you, like, that, would, too be, months, that yeah. would be ridiculous. Right,
0: especially after a four-year hi- three-year yeah. hiatus. And so. we
1: brought like Breakaway Promotions, who's helped us with Lost and Found. Yeah. We brought them, they're going to help us with a lot of logistics. And so this is their first year, like, yeah. you know, training them up, getting them up to speed that allows us to, to take like the festival to another level. And, you know, yeah. it's just like, this is a building block.
0: Yeah, Sorry. Breakaway's done a great job helping with the Lost and Found. Definitely taking the event to another level. Of...
1: Yeah, we're super happy to have found them. Yeah, actually, Yuri was one of the people that recommended them. Yuri Haswell. Yeah, yeah. when we were looking for like a like a contractor, like we knew we knew what it took, and and was like asked around, and Carl Decker and Yuri both were like Chatsberry Breakaway Promotions. Yeah. Did some interviews, mm-hmm. hung out, yeah. and just realized like we're family. Yeah. This is, they have the same values that we do, yeah. and they're fun to be around, yeah. which makes all the difference. Totally, yeah. yeah.
0: They they're, they like to party like the stewardship. Yeah, goes. yeah.
1: I'd like to think we help elevate their party right at their events they're (laughs) like whoa you guys really know how to party we're gonna bring that to our (laughs) events but you know together we want to make our events like world class you know and so we both work really hard for each other and that's like where the value is yeah and i think the participants see that
0: yeah well greg we're, we're we're about to wrap this thing up and um but before we do um i do have a couple final questions for you um one is what do you think makes the downville classic so special as an event
1: yeah i think the people yeah you know just like um like from the very first time that i don't know just like the energy you know it's not it's not so much like the place is amazing the trails are amazing but the people that are there and the, like the energy that they create while they're there and then you know i think like for downville too like once it went from just a bunch of dudes hanging out to like families and people planning their whole family vacations around this thing. Yeah. That's when it really became like something special. It wasn't just a race. Yeah. You know, and like having the river jump and having the log pole and the live music and, you know, just, just that venue. And then the people that come to just not just race, but to be part of something really special. And yeah, it's the people.
0: Yeah. Nice. Tom, you have any closing questions? The core lords. The core lords. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. Just sort of, I think I would ask you like with, with what, you know, you've spent so much time in Downeyville and now Mm -hmm. you've moved on and obviously there's these other huge projects you're working on, but what, what was it that perhaps that you learned or, or sort of gleaned from your time in Downeyville that you've taken with you and applied into some of the new things that, that
1: you're doing? Um, I mean, becoming a a dad, you know, I think Mm -hmm. like learning patience ultimately, you Mm -hmm. know, like when I was younger, it was just like, I wanted it right then. like, you know, and you know, at the end of the day, it's like the people in your lives and just those uh, relationships and respect and patience, like, especially like we do work so much with the forest service and you're not going to like turn that boat around like tomorrow. Like these are, these things take time. And so you
2: said it took you thirty years to get in good. Yeah,
1: I think if the you know, if it's like you know, young race promoter or you know, young entrepreneur, it's like you gotta like stick to your vision, but like have some patience and Mm -hmm. and also you know don't just get stuck in one direction. Like I think that's what's so beautiful about I guess my business career is like if if it didn't feel right, like I would just not do that anymore. You know, it's like I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the same with the stewardship now is, we're pretty dynamic. Like we're pretty set on our mission statement and have projects, but there's things that we do that, you know, we we if it doesn't feel right, like we're not going to continue with that. So, I think just as you get older, you get wiser. I hope, <laughs> you know. That's my hope too. It sounds like there's yeah. some wisdom in that long beard. Yeah,
0: he gets street cred with that beard, man, for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. I only shave it to scare my kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Greg, we always ask our guests at the end of the show, um, you know, the name of this podcast is Mind the Track. And for someone like you, who's spent so much time with his mind in the track over the years, what is that? When you hear that term, what comes to mind? What do you think of?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like focus, you know, Mm -hmm. like being like just centered mm-hmm. over the bike
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and I think I had like one of my wildest experiences on two wheels like in Baja with Paul Hart and Cameron and, and these guys like they invited me on this trip and they're like we only ride 80% but that's like we're at 150% <laughs> and we're like on this like diving board wide trail that's just like cliff edge and it's the first time where I I always have my head up when I ride and I'm like, just felt like I was just like 10 steps ahead on this one. I was like looking three feet ahead and just saying like, get there, get there, get there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think for me, it just, it just is like about focus, like mentally, physically, and, you know, a little bit spiritually. Yeah. yeah I like it.
0: That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Greg will another a good answer. Really appreciate you coming on to the show um getting people fired up for the classic i'm hoping that you know for those folks out there who are on a road trip coming to Downeyville, they'll listen to this episode get a little inspiration
2: get fired up i think it's gonna
0: be a good event oh it's gonna be it's it's the classic man 25th anniversary it's gonna be all time it's gonna be one of those things you want to be at because you know you're gonna have fomo bro if you don't if you don't go there you know people are going to be talking about it for a while after this uh after this next, uh, July fourteenth to the sixteenth, is that the weekend?
1: Yeah,
0: yep. July, so it's coming well, up. Well, it quick.
1: starts the thirteenth with, with the Thursday night party.
0: Right, Thursday night party on so the. So if 13th. you're a
1: volunteer, yep, or you're a partner, that's right, or your vision circle donor of yep. the stewardship, you are invited to come party.
0: And speaking of volunteers, um, are you guys still looking for volunteers? We are. Yeah, yep, we yeah. We need more volunteers,
1: and out. if you volunteer, you get in town camping. There which you is go. key you get fed yep you get some cold beers how can people cool.
0: volunteer like well, where, where do they go what do they do
1: downyvilleclassic.com okay um there's a volunteer sign up jeff sperry who's our volunteer coordinator will get back with you and let you know okay and uh we definitely need some help especially if you have uh any kind of emergency services background or credentials
0: okay good emt or just sculling. like
1: it like a great big smile that you want to bring and bring that too <laughs> good
0: energy or a,
1: big, or a big cooler or a big cooler let's yeah. give a shout out to you for volunteers for the
2: trail day that you have coming up kurt because you yeah sear buttes trail stewardship yep. and Truckee dirt union yep we're gonna be out collabing on some trail here in
0: Truckee. yep boca friday this friday july 7th uh july 7th just coming up which it'll be like the day that people hear this podcast episode so yeah. it might be too All late right. but yeah we'll be out there well, um, that'll be the first of many days. It'll be first of many days, yeah, we're yep, we're breaking ground on the BoCA project, which is super exciting. Um, so people can and people can go to sierratrails dot org to find out more. Greg mentioned building the two hundredth mile of trail and uh, this year for the stewardship and its twentieth anniversary. that's gonna be happening in Downeyville August eighteenth, twentieth. Um, so if people would like to be a part of that historic event, that's going to be happening and you can sign cool. up for that at sierra trails.org and greg how do people find you uh personally and follow you if you're on the social media there
1: uh yuba man on instagram i don't I'm... I'm not not super active. Otherwise you can find me on the streets of Downeyville during the classic and you Monday mate. morning. We know where are here to be <laughs> I might be too late. <laughs> I'll know? give you an earful.
2: And then does 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 your shop in Quincy have a have an Insta too? Let's yeah, give them Yuba, a shout Yuba out. Expeditions. Yuba Expeditions.
0: Yeah, I give a shout out to Yuba, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Running shuttles in on Mount Huff and uh you know, bike demos and yeah, all the gear you yeah, need. all
2: good things on Huff are, are coming out of that shop.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. You but still alive and well, man. Just in Quincy now. I'm right on. Well, Greg, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks for being Appreciate on the it. show, bud. And uh, yeah, we're. Greg's running to the bathroom. <laughs> it's been an hour and a half. He's been holding it in. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to episode number fourteen of Mind the Track, all about the return of the greatest mountain bike race weekend ever, the twenty-fifth anniversary of the Downeyville Classic happening July 14th to the 16th. So if you haven't registered, get on it now, downyvilleclassic.com. And until next time, get out there, get deep, and put your mind in the trap.